Here's Pastor Carla with us this morning with the word. Good morning, church. You look beautiful. I know it's a little cold outside, but praise God, I'm here. <laughs> so I get to be with you guys and share this word with you guys. Um, this morning, actually, I want to share something that it's been a few years back that God taught me a little lesson. And um, I always, when I look back at this little lesson and how he taught it to me, I laugh because it, it was funny and then it wasn't and it became very funny again. But um, I think all of us, um, have had the experience um, that we thought everything's going, you know, good and dandy, well, in the field of greens, everything's working good, and suddenly, like, out of nowhere, we're side blind, and you're like, huh? What, what happened here? I thought everything was good. And I don't know where we're like, uh, okay, that didn't know what that means, but what happened? So, and if you're a sports fan, you will understand this. My household is a sports fan, and so my entire husband's side of the family is a sports fan. And so coming to our territory, Cowboy territory, Lakers territory, yeah, here you go. I'm the only king survivor here in my family. And so, but the funny thing is I'm not too much of a sports fan. My whole family is, except for me, I'm the black sheep of the family. But when they're playing games and you know, you have the moment where you're, you're watching your game, you're watching your team, and they're doing great. They're winning and all this, and just, you know, like the last quarter or the last half, those last few minutes, I don't know where they lose the game. And so me, like the outsider that I am, I'll be like, but honey, what's the big deal? Don't answer. <laughs> he looks at me, he goes like, you don't understand. And I'm like, it's just a game. Don't answer. Because I get it all the time. It's like, honey, you don't understand. When you're a fan, it means everything. Yeah, you go, I get it, yeah. And so and the reality is, you know, to me, on the outside, I was like, but it's just a game. You win, you win some, you lose some. No big deal. To a fan, oh, no, uh-uh. It's like holy land coming, that something happened, battles on. They're getting mad, like the fuming's going, pacing, yelling at that TV, blaming every single body, blaming on the business. And it's like, you lost it, you're not focused. Everything happens. That's what happens in my household. And so in the scriptures, you know, I found, I found this passage that it gives us a little glimpse of the idea that sometimes we become passionate in something that maybe to the world is so, like, why? That's just, why? Why are you doing that? That just doesn't mean anything. But in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 11 to 12, we read this passage, no, we know in this passage as the David's mighty men. It gives us the account of those men warriors that were with David, especially the three top ones, because they did certain things that were amazing with great exploits. They, they did things that were maybe to us, we're like, where did they get the strength? And we know where it comes from. We know it's God. And these warriors, they serve and protect David. In this account, we read the victories, but we read a passage, as we read across, we read a passage of a warrior named Shaman, which was one of the three top ones. And this is what it says. Next to him was Shammah, son of Agi, the heretic. When, he, when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel troops fled from them. But then Shammah took his stand in it. 
in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, according to the scriptures and some historians, they said that the Philistines were coming to attack the people of God. And when Israel saw them, and you imagine this, you had the Philistines. Some of them were big men with arm, you know, great defenses and all of this. And imagine, a, I just imagine this, you know, I mean, think of little David, you know, just not, the army of uh, Israel not too well equipped against these Philistines. And maybe they were just um, field war, you know, working in the fields. They said there was a field. So they didn't have probably equipped to battle a huge army coming against them. And I don't blame them. I would have run faster than they would. You know, it remind me of that little commercial from uh, <laughs> Red Bull where the two little antlers are there in this alliance sneaking back. And the antler takes a little sip of the bull and, says, and the other antler tells him, that's not going to make you run faster than a lion. He says, I don't need to run faster than a lion. I just need to run faster than you. I will be running really fast. And so it says that all of them run except for one man. That he took his stand in the middle of the patch, a patch full of lentils. Now let's think about it. It's just lentils, barley. You know, um, if you're in a fast, you're probably eating them. They're really good. But it's just the tiny, it's not, it's not like a huge field. It's not like a great mountain. It says there was a patch. You know, I don't know how big the patch would have been, but, you know, according to scriptures, it wasn't a big piece of land. But he stood in the middle of that patch, and he defended it. Now, let's think about this. How many of us will risk a life for something small? Like, literally, like, willing to lose our lives and willing to lose everything for something really small. Now, I know that inside of us, we, we have the capability. And I got to tell you, I see it every single year. I witness it. Every single year at Christmas at the Walmart parking lot when there's only one parking space left, and it's you against five other cars. Oh, no, mm -mm, that's my parking spot. And you're going around and around. <laughs> and and some, if you have a co-pilot, you know, a little passenger with you, you tell them, go run and stand. In the and they run. And they stand in the little parking lot, in a little parking space. Like, you're not taking this from me. You know? Or maybe you tell the person who's with you, go get the shopping cart and put it in the parking space. So nobody will park there. And then when we get there, they don't park. Don't do that, okay? No. <laughs> I've never done that. No. That's how I know. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about Black Friday, you know, going after the one thing that everybody's going after. Open, open, open back in the days, this little commercial. And going like people trample themselves for something so small, but they're willing to go for battle for a TV. Come on. I remember my first Friday, Black Friday shopping, never really went because most of the time I actually worked at retails and worked on Black Friday. So when I didn't have to, I just don't dare to go into those stores. But we were coming back, and of course, Mr. Brother Rick, like, let's go into that store. I'm like, why? We don't need to get killed. And so we went in, and we're like, every, it was packed. I was like, I couldn't even walk. And I'm like, you know, somehow we got lost. Like, people were just shoving us, and he got into one way, and I got to another one. And then out of nowhere, I guess there was this big deal about a TV that was on sale, like a regular 500 sale for something, 80 $100 or something like that. There were only 10 and the guy was given, like, the, this worker was giving out tickets, like the golden ticket. And for some reason, he gave me one. I got the last ticket. And I'm like, I don't need a TV. Why did you give me one? And everybody else was just giving me this look like, we're about to jump you. 
And I'm like, I'm texting Brother Rick, and I'm like, where are you? I need your help. And I told him what happened. He goes, get it. I'm like, we don't need a TV. And I was like, well, get it. Everybody wants it, so get it. I'm like, oh, like, anyway. So I don't know why, but we ended up getting a TV. But in the process, people were willing to jump in on this little ticket, and I didn't even want it. And so eventually that became a gift for a wedding that we went the next year. So hopefully that couple appreciates the TV that I must die for. I know my young people are here, and I know every year there's always that popular game that is coming out, and everybody wants it, you're really to go for it. You're begging your mom, you're willing to do anything for that one item. So moms, dads, make note. And I always remember this, which this is the one that makes me laugh all the time, because I used to work when those were on sale, those Nike Jordans. Boy, were they willing to go for that. You see, it is in us. There's a nature in us to go for something that we want. It might be insignificant. To me, it's just a TV. It's just a pair of shoes. You know, it's just a parking space. No big deal. But in that moment, that little thing becomes a big deal. For you sports fans, that game, that was a big deal. And there's times that God calls each one of us to stand for something that maybe to the world is insignificant. The world might say, but it's no big deal. But you know in your heart that to God it is a big deal. But then when do we learn when to stand? And when do I take a, when do I learn to defend what I need to defend my territory? When do I take the stand? We take the standard to defend our territory when the great conflict faces you head on. You see, in the scripture, we see that Israel was being targeted by the Philistines. They were like the great bully in the Bible. You know, it was like, we're big, we're gross, you're small. And they, they just targeted the, the Israelites all the time. And so they were coming at the time that Isra- the Israelites were harvesting their crops. In this case, we see the lentils. We see barley being harvest it was their livelihood it was their source of food without it there was no basically it's like you know today like sometimes you know when COVID hit the first time and when everything we went in there was no bread no meat it will go you know like the stores will be empty there will, there will be nothing to eat but they were in the time of harvest so that means they were working hard they were doing the right thing you know they, it wasn't that they were going party and wasting time they were they were working they knew it was this time to harvest. But because they were busy doing what it was right to do, they were not ready for battle. They were distracted, not because they were doing something bad. Sometimes we're distracted with bad things. Sometimes we're distracted because we're doing what we're supposed to do, but we're not paying attention around us. Likewise, the enemy comes and attacks us when we're not guarding all our fronts. You see, back again, sports fans. Sometimes our teams get too comfortable when they're winning and they forget that they have to guard, they have to guard and defend every point until that buzzer goes off and the game ends. In the same way, it, you know, I'm thinking all those who veterans or military people, they go to training in a way that they're, they're sharpened and shaped, that they know that no matter what, they have to have all, all senses up until the battle ends. 1 Peter 5 8 tells us this. Be alert 
and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Unless we're staying focused, the enemy can come and blindside us. He can swipe us in, you know, in a way that we don't even um, imagine. Not because we're like, oh, we messed up. No, sometimes we're busy doing God's work. We're, we're, we're taking over, like, you know, especially if you're, like, in a ministry, in children's ministries, you know, you're always busy, always going, going, going. And sometimes you can get distracted. Sometimes you can get distracted even when you're trying just to focus on providing for your family that you forget to focus on your family. So you can be doing the right thing. I still get distracted, and it's those moments that God, that I'm sorry, that the enemy can come and attack those areas where it's not because you neglected it, it's because you've forgotten to really stay focused on that. And it's not easy. It's probably one of the difficult things. It's like, you know, multitasking in every area. The enemy attacks for two reasons. He attacks to inflict casualties and also to destroy. He's going to come, and if he can't destroy, he's going to make sure everybody's injured. So you can't keep going in the same way we're going. I'm going to tell you a little secret that along the way, I know I'm young, but along the way God has taught me, and it's this. The devil and the world do not mind us having church. The world doesn't mind it. The devil doesn't mind it. That we're in church, we're worshiping, and we're preaching, he does not mind it. But when we get serious about serving God... That's when we begin to see the conflict surface. You see, he doesn't mind us coming here and getting together. But when we resolve in our hearts to really serve him wholeheartedly, no matter what happens, and to stay focused with him, that's when you're going to start seeing attacks in your family. That's when you're going to see attacks in your health. That's because he knows. Oh, 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 oh wait a minute. This, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not playing games. You're serious about this. You're focused. No matter what, how, no matter what, how loud the outside world is, you're staying focused, and that's when we see it. So what do we do? We watch while we work. Don't let your car and don't let your guard down. We got to learn to work and watch at the same time. Like I said, it's not an easy thing to do. And as we're doing that, we're not letting our guard down. Everything. It's a constant radar. It's a constant hustle. And if you're, if you're um, like, especially military police officers, if you're here, you know what I'm talking about. You guys are trained like a sharp iron to watch every angle, to watch every side, to watch everything that is going around you guys. My husband is in the, is in the, was in that field, retired from the field. So everywhere we go, <laughs> he knows where everything's positioned. He knows where everybody is. He knows every single exit. And it, sometimes it fears, like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to scare you. <laughs> But that's what you're trained, and no matter how, because you're trained so, so much, it, it's part of your DNA. In the same way as Christians, as we serve God, we got to let him train us to be sharpened. So no matter where we are, we're constantly aware what the enemy is doing. We're constantly aware that even though we might not hear him, see him, we know he's planning something. But I'm going to keep my guard, I'm gonna, this guard is up. I'm going to watch my sights. I'm going to watch what's going on. What the enemy found was people running away. When the Philistines marched across, uh, when they crossed the cross, they saw them coming and they ran in terror. Today, we are engaged in a great struggle. We can't be fools. We can't let the enemy fool us. 
as a church, we kind of have to keep fighting and guarding because now more and more we see the signs of his second coming. So we know that we have entered a great conflict where we have to learn to guard our territory. As part of this body, we guard this, this church, not just the building, but the souls that come into this church. We guard our next generation because it is the future. The clock is ticking and it's getting closer. The buzzer is about to ring and the game is about to be over. When do I stand to defend my territory? We stand when we, great, when we, see, great, when we see the great courage is needed. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage, be strong. You see, Shammah resolved in his heart to stand. Maybe he, maybe he had to run away, we don't know. Sometimes, you know, at the beginning when we're being trained, we learn because we make mistakes, but as we make the mistakes, we learn not to make them again. There comes a point where the enemy comes like a bully and continually attacks something we must give, that must give, but he stood even if it could cost him his life. Shamas reasoned, he knew that without the patch, people will, have to, will not have food to eat. You see, we need to learn to take the things in our church and our lives very seriously. Because it might be as something small and insignificant that we might say, no big deal. I, God won't mind if I, you know, do something different. Uh, he won't mind if I compromise this little area. But little by little, it will weaken and that little area is source to us. And even in this time that as church, we're doing a, a fast together. Just, I, I know because I've been there, I'm, I'm going through it. There's little distractions and little temptations, especially if you like sweets, you know, little candy, chocolate around the house. Mm. Or who knows if you're like me steak and you know like somebody's eating steak around you and you like smell like somebody's making carne asada asada and you get from work and you take the swift of the barbecue and like <gasps> and you feel like you're floating up in air like I can smell you we do have temptations and they're small but if we give in to the little small little thing it begins to unravel and we're going to give in into the bigger things and if we get distracted in our fast, our fast is our source where it gets us closer to God and gets us closer to the things that God wants to reveal to us. So even in this season, we have to be careful. We have to be watched. So what do we do? We are brutal with sin. Don't compromise. Do the right thing even if you're standing alone. You see, Shama, he took the stand. He was all by himself against an entire army of Philistines. But he took a stand. He was brutal. Just imagine if you're by yourself against an army. Just imagine that coming against you, and you're the only one with the sword to stand and fight. When do I stand to, to defend my territory? When great conquest is the only answer you need. There's times that a victory is what we need. There's no other option. It's like Jesus, either this or just take it all out. There's times that we get into a position in the things in our lives where you're like, Lord, I just need a victory and we need it now. 
You're like, Lord, it, it needs to happen. It needs to happen right now. Whether it is financial situation, what is situation in your marriage, what is something going on that you're like, Lord, we need to have victory in this area. And I will not take no for an answer. That's when you stand. You see, the Lord will defeat the enemy because even when we, the story of David and Goliath, he gave David the victory over a giant. In the same manner, when we take the stand, he's going to give us victory over those things that we're like, okay, Lord, I don't know how this is going to change, but here we go. But you have the victory. You see, it's not about what we do. It's a who we have the faith in. Because sometimes, it's, you know, you have those moments when you have seen victory, and you're like, I don't know how that happened. All I did was just stand here, and it happened. But when we stand and walk in the faith and believe and trust, that's when we things begin to move. It's not about our strength. Sometimes we think like we need to be strong. We need to be, have those muscles, you know, and all of this to be able to, to win. But remember, sometimes we can be the skinniest guy with no strength, and God is the one that gets the victory because it's not about us. 1 Samuel 17, 47 says this, All of those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord says, For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into, the, or into our hands. You see, God is the God who defends the ground. God is the God who defends your territory. God is the one that goes in and battles for you. We're just the vessel. But we have to have the faith to know that the one who's behind us is the great God who's defeating the enemy in front of us. That was David's attitude, and that's why he got the victory. God is the, the God that will go ahead and stand against the devil, and he, he will, we need just to remind the devil what his end result is going to be. Because that will not change. If we do not commit to serve foolhardily then we will let the enemy have his way in us and in our church. But we have to resolve. We have to be resolute. We have to come to a place that we say yes, yes, and yes. Because anything less than that, we will allow the enemy to do whatever he wants with us. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good, did I, is that the right one? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Let us not become weary in doing good. For all the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When it comes to the time, sometimes God is telling us, do not give up. Victory is ahead. See, you, sometimes his answer is delayed. Not because he doesn't want to give it to you but because there's a timing. Sometimes the answer is not necessarily a yes because he knows what you need, not what you want. But all he wants us is to be faithful and patient for his timing and to trust him because victory is ahead. The Bible is very clear. You know, in, in, in the ending of the year, we went through the, the, the seven letters to the seven churches. In every end of those letters, there was victory because there was a promise. God is not a God that is going to promise you something and take it back. 
God is telling you, if my, my plans for you are bigger than your plans, I got victory for you coming. All I'm asking is to stand firm, to defend it, to guard the things that I'm giving you. Even if to the world or to anybody else might be really small, but that tiny little seed, that tiny little pebble, that tiny little thing that he's given you will become great in time and in due season. But don't give up. If God himself, Jesus himself, has not given up on us, let's not give up on him. He has not given up on us. His word says that he will continue to work in us, through us, and he will be with us until the end of this earth. He has not given up on you and me. So I'm, we're not going to give up on anything. Amen? Here's your challenge for you guys this week. And for the season that we're in, ask God what areas you have let your guard down. Maybe not because of sin, but maybe because you've just gotten busy. You've just gotten distracted. Or for whatever reason, what areas are there? Maybe just one or several areas. Two, ask him for forgiveness for doing that. And also in that, ask him how to get it straight. Ask him, Lord, give me your wisdom to apply your word and how to walk this out. You see, God doesn't, that's, he doesn't leave you alone. It feels like sometimes we're alone, but he doesn't leave you alone. He's walking with you. All he wants you to ask him. Ask him, Lord, explain this to me. Tell what this means. Tell me what to do, what to say. And there's times that he's going to tell you, son, shush, Quiet. Snip it. Let me do it. There's times that he's going to tell you, speak up. Shout it. But we have to be obedient to that. And third, if you have to write it in the mirror, I tell my, my Hoven and I tell my youth sometimes, you know, just write it in the mirror. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you have to do to make sure God's words in your face <laughs> so you read it daily. But write it wherever you can. Put it on the refrigerator, put it on your mirror. Tell yourself this. Remind yourself this. God is the one who gives me the victory. Because sometimes our flesh forgets that. Our flesh sometimes forgets and we think that it's all about us and it's in our strength the victory is going to come. But it's not. It is God who gives it. And we have to remind our heart and our soul that it is him only that gives the victory. Amen. Amen. So this morning, as we're here, two things. One, if you're here for the first time and you want to go uh, say, Lord, I, I, I want to I have victory in my life. But I need to first accept just my Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand with everybody's eyes closed. You know, just raise your hand. Amen. And also... If you want to come to the altar as the, as the team, um, the worship team plays, I'm going to be here with protective gear, of course. Uh, if you want prayer, say, you know, we just, I just want to pray. I want to come and I was, Lord, just, just as a start this year, just show me my weak areas. Teach me how to make them strong, how to, uh, uh, how to portalize in Spanish. I'm thinking the word fortalecer, uh, strengthened. 
my weak areas so the enemy doesn't come and swipe me on the side and teach me how to do it correctly. If you're there, the altar will be open and we will be praying for you. Just know this. As you begin, as we're starting this year, let's stand strong and defend what God has given us. He already gave us an amazing year of growth in the last months of last year. Let's not allow the enemy to take that away from us. He's gone. He's given a lot to us. He's entrusted us with a lot. So let's be faithful to that. Amen.